Hello, my love. Hi. Today we're talking about communion. Um, man, I, I love talking about this because we, over the last few years, really discovered, uh, I guess, a very new understanding of communion. Yeah. We 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 ditched the stale bread and the grape juice, <laughs> and we went for some some real hearty communion. You know. Ah, uh, what so, was that? Yeah, what does that mean? It means exactly what I said. Um, no, I, it, it, we went through this discovery, right, of what, mm-hmm. what is communion in the Bible? Like, what is what is it really? Because it has to be more than, like, a two-minute thing on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. where you literally have, like, a piece of cracker and some juice and it's like... Like once a month. Or if you have the, what is it, like, you, you rip the bread off and you dip it in the tincture. There's, yeah, like, a specific yeah. name for that method. And it's very, re- I, like I think, repentant-oriented a lot of times in church, which... Mm, super somber. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe that's a better word, somber, because in a sense, like, continual repentance is obviously, yes, we yes. should be living in that. It's like... It's, um, but very mm-hmm. somber. Yeah. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and we discovered communion in a much fuller sense, you know? And so, yeah. w- what is communion? Let's start there. Oof. Okay, I have... I have a lot on that. So you'll probably have to like stop me every now and again. Yeah, great. I'm good at that. So so it's not just me talking for like 15 minutes. Nobody wants that. Um, Okay. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what got you really thinking about communion, but I know I started questioning what the heck is this? Because, you know, we're traveling to all these different churches and we got to see different forms and that's kind of cool. But the thing that really made me start to question what, is this though were people's responses to our kids Hmm. some churches don't care if like our girls would have like the super tiny you can't even call it like a full cracker or whatever right and some grape juice which like and so for me as someone who didn't grow up in the church like i can empathize with being a child and i'm watching people have a snack and some grape juice of course I would want to be part of having that snack and grape juice. Like, I don't know what kid doesn't want that. But I remember we went to a cup, like more than one church where people kind of freaked out over like, no, they can't have it. Like really it was like this little wafer thingy mabob, um, or sometimes some places have the spongy stuff. Um, and like that bit of grape juice, like something between when it's the Welch's that comes in the bottle and when mm. you pour it into a little communion cup. Yeah. When you pour it in a little communion cup, it becomes sacred. Yeah. And that's like even outside of the service. I don't know. It was this really bizarre thing to me. And so I was like, okay, there's something that really doesn't make sense. You're right. I want to understand this. And I think... Yeah. Okay. How about, okay. I know it's, it's a little rough. So, okay. So I'll start with this because you asked what is communion. And so, you know, everybody, um, for the most part in church will, sometimes people will read out of one of the gospels. They'll read like from the last supper where Jesus commands to take the bread and to take, um, the wine that the bread is his body broken for us. And the wine is his blood shed Mm. for us. Um, and then specifically in, I think it's Luke. He says, do this in remembrance of me. Um, and then I think more commonly though, actually I've heard when, if someone like, if a church actually is teaching on communion, they'll go to first Corinthians 11, um, where Paul quotes Jesus 
Um, so verse 23, for I received from the Lord, what I also passed on to you on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. And then sometimes, sometimes they'll also read this verse. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Mm. Not very often that verse is actually said. Sometimes it is, and it helps to give that sort of somber, um, trying to pull people into like a mournful right. sort of mood. Um, but I think for the most part, it's usually not covered because, wait, why are we proclaiming Jesus's death? You know, and I've, I've heard um, people want to focus on like it's his resurrection that we should be proclaiming this communion should be a joyous thing life-giving yada yada all that stuff so um usually that's where pastors will go or churches will go whoever right and to kind of give us some context around communion um i and i don't know about you but that was still lacking in so much context for me and like the the rich meaning just was not there so communion changed for me when it there was i was preparing for a house church night and i was going through john six i was supposed to be going through john seven but i was trying to get like the surrounding events going into John seven. And, um, I got caught up in John six because I realized like, this is where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. That's the, I am statement yeah. we get there. Um, but I realized that the backdrop for this is Passover. Hmm. That's the festival that's happening when Jesus proclaims to the crowd, I am the bread of life. And, and I've heard that passage taught in the way of like, well, what does it mean to be the bread of life? And Jesus references the manna that fell down from heaven, like a billion times. Right. I don't know actually how many, but he references the manna a lot. And so that's kind of our understanding for the bread of life. But then I, I realized like, wait, but Passover is happening right now. And communion is given to us at the time of Passover. Mm. And so it was going through John six and making that connection to understanding. Um, let me pull up John six real fast, going to that understanding where Jesus is proclaiming over and over. Um, like these people are preparing to give their sacrifice. Um, and to go through sort of their, their rituals that they go through at this time. The whole point of that is of, if, you know, if we were to go back to Exodus, which I'm not going to do because everyone will get really bored. Yeah, you will get really bored. It's fine. Um, <laughs> if I go through Exodus, but the whole point of the Passover lamb is that this lamb dies. This lamb is the sacrifice for the angel of death. It dies so that we live, right? We are passed over, right? And so here people are getting ready to celebrate this festival. And Jesus proclaims that he is the bread that came down from heaven. And he says really offensive things. Um, truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you do not have life in yourselves. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day because my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. 
And this comes after he's like made the promise that anyone who eats this bread will never be hungry again. Anyone Mm -hmm. who drinks this will um, never be thirsty again. And that now all of a sudden I understand why we are proclaiming Christ's death. It's we're proclaiming his death as that Passover sacrifice. We are, this is that thing for us so that I understand this is, this ties in for me as well. Um, this beautiful, beautiful picture in Colossians of, where's that? When it's because Jesus is that Passover and because of his death, like when Jesus says, take heart, I have overcome the world. Like that's, that's the meaning of take heart. I have overcome the world because Colossians 2 14, he erased the certificate of debt, like of our sins, our trespasses with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. Yeah, He passed over all that. Not just he passed over all that, like he, he took hold of our Mm. like transgressions, everything that had been accounted for that was against us and opposed to us. Like we're dead to rights before God. Like we have messed Mm -hmm. up. Jesus took hold of all of that. He nailed it to the cross, sent it to the grave. It's done. It is over with. Take, take heart. He has overcome the world. And that's. So in your, in a sense, then you're saying when you say not just passed over, you're saying it should have more significance. So much more significance. So when I go to eat of this bread and to drink of this blood in a sense, I'll let you fill in more about yeah. what that can practically look like. When I go to eat of this bread and drink of this blood, though, I am proclaiming Jesus's death. Why? Because it means that to proclaim his death is to proclaim his life. And it's to proclaim the death of everything that's right. been opposed to me. and has kept me from the father. Like that has kept me from God and from relationship. Proclaim our life. Yes. It's our passage into the way, the truth and the life. And so it's that Mm. sort of understanding like, yeah, I'm going to do this in remembrance of Jesus. So that's, I guess, like the theological framework. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for listening to the Naked Church podcast. We're going to call it there. (laughs) Um, No, I'm just kidding. Uh, There's also the experience when we started practicing (laughs) that at our gatherings, but I'll... I'll let you share for a bit. Oh, I'm just going to sound like an an idiot now. Cause no. that, I mean, that was like <laughs> seminary you, level. Like no. I, I thought this was casual. You have, well, you t- but it is, it so I don't know. It is. That's the part bread, of it. The, the Cinnabon on it's, demand from the sky. It is so <laughs> rich. Isn't it though? Like it's no, so rich in meaning. It, it is. And, no. and we get none of that. You can't have it deduced to two minute thing in church. No, I, I think it'd be better to not do it. It, or, I, or encourage people in their life groups to take it back to your life group and like, hey, let reflect on communion and do something there in your life group in a smaller setting where you can have longer time, you mm-hmm. know, but that's, we can get into that stuff, you know, another time. But why don't what, you like the, the practice of communion though? Why don't you share about that for a bit and different yeah. ideas around it? Mm. Or I know that you have like personal convictions on it. I don't know if you would point to certain spots in scripture to be like, well, this is how we see the church do it. Yeah. If, if well, there. I I do not want to harp on Acts 2 and 4 every moment of this podcast. But if you have not memorized Acts 2 and 4 yet, you really should. <laughs> because like it's like the most pivotal thing. You know, it's I mean literally think of it like the birth of the church. Like mm-hmm. I 
I remember the day Faye was born. I remember the day Ember was born. You know, those are significant moments and they, they had tangible effects. They still do to this day very much. You know, I can't just forget those and like pretend like, oh, I wasn't a dad and I didn't now have all this responsibility and I didn't know what it was like from day one, you know, like. And Acts 2 and 4 is just and, like becoming a father uh, for you. A hundred percent. You know, like it's, it's, you know, it's this like understanding of something's being birthed here. Mm. It's this understanding of something has happened yeah. and we're to have yeah. responsibility and to care for it. And that is the bride of Christ, you know? And so when I think of like the early church and I think of what they're doing, yeah. you know, how in the world, when you're gathering together daily, you're yeah. seeing people one to the gospel daily, mm -hmm. you're praying daily, you're, you know, you're uh, distributing amongst each other's there's need mm -hmm. daily. Like communion would be to walk in the fullness, proclaiming Christ in every area and facet of your life. Like, is there a time to be repentant? Sure. But is there things to be joyful about because he has nailed that to the cross? Like you were reading. Yeah. Absolutely. And so for us, you know, we realize like, man, communion has to be, it, it really was more like a meal in the, in the it was New supper. Testament. It was supper. It was an entire right. supper. And I don't know experience. about like any of you. But if someone tells me they're going to take me to dinner and then they show up with a little cracker and a piece of Welch's grape juice, like I'm going to be severely disappointed, you know, and like communion was supposed to be way more than, than that, than just like a full meal in, in terms of what we're eating, but it's supposed to be the fullness or, of spiritual, yes. um, edification, nourishment. It is part yeah. of the gathering. It is meant to be, I think, testimonials of like, what are we remembering about Christ and what right. are we remembering since the last time we remembered him? So we very much in our churches strip this practice of like two minute communion, because we feel like if you can't do it like well, or even like do it justice, don't do it at all, you know, mm -hmm. for us. And so we felt like communion going forward is going to be over dinner. And so in our house church is a meal, depending or, on yeah, when, over a meal during the time, that breakfast, yeah. whatever you can do it over Cinnabon. You know, really relive, you know, what it was like. <laughs> what, what, no, no, you're not I'm even going to comment. No, I'm not going to. How dare I compare manna as if Cinnabon can even compare to, to manna. I don't, I don't, I don't even care that Dude. much for Cinnabon. That's why I'm like, oh, oh man, it's, I, I don't. Okay. Then yeah, that's, that is problematic for that analogy. It is. I love Cinnabon, but in, in regards <laughs> to, um, see, this is a casual conversation guys. I'm, I'm yeah. learning things about my wife We've right moved here. Beyond I the had theology, no idea. we're into the. Well, you just pinned me in the corner from the beginning. So I just, I, no, I get really excited about it because it was such, it was such an eye-opening moment for me. I was so, like, oh my gosh, the richness here. So for us, communion really changed when yeah. we started doing this over a meal. Yeah. And we started telling people like, hey, yes, when we. And we ha usually have to preface it because if we don't preface it, people just talk about whatever. It, it but becomes the we, same thing everywhere else. Like, absolutely. It's that whole, like you can replicate the problems that the church has in the house church environment as well. A hundred percent. Yeah. But when we preface it and we say, guys, we're going to have supper now, you know, and we want to really preface this, that this is communion for us. Mm -hmm. So share about your lows and share about your highs. You know, we do this highs and lows thing all the time in our, in our house church and just in our, in our, when I say house church, I don't mean like once a week thing. This is like a part of our culture. Mm -hmm. Anybody that's in our friend group is a part of the church, the ecclesia with us. Um, anytime we're gathering different things, that's a common thing that we do highs and lows. And, you know, those are opportunities that I feel like really become communion for us over supper where people are repenting 
you know, they're sharing of repentance with people, but they're also celebrating victories and celebrating mm -hmm. new life that they mm -hmm. have with Christ, you know, and so forth and so on. And so, and if people are sharing and they're not in a sense, remembering Christ or looking for God, like that becomes really obvious really fast. Yeah. And so it's a, an amazing opportunity for edification and for refinement. If others are seeing that and they're speaking to yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think you just really nailed the whole communion thing right out of the gate. I mean, you brought so much theological significance to it, and I don't have a ton to add to that. I have silly stories, but I, I've been, you, you, I've been goofy enough, you know. <laughs> time for silly songs with Larry. Oh, um, okay. Classic. I know. Um, well, yeah, I guess um, maybe I've I've seen beautiful times of communion, particularly when we preface it hmm. and when we steward it well beyond yeah. prefacing, like throughout those conversations, because it's really, really easy the same way that it can be really easy for people to desire vulnerability and just start talking and sharing and maybe even confessing. Um, and for us to just be like, Oh yeah, those are all good things. Cool. They're sharing. Awesome. Um, but like we can have, we can cultivate these gatherings that are void of a mindfulness toward God, like an awareness of God mm. and like confession without repentance. Um, we can totally see just like chilling, hanging out, talking yep. about your week or your day or, or your highs or your lows um, without, without God, it being yeah, communion, totally. honestly, without it really being that um, communion. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's fair, like in all fairness, that has to be put out there that it, it, usually requires a preface and a stewarding an active stewarding. Yeah. As does everything that we're talking yeah. about this entire series of ethics and ecclesia, like for us, what we're, what we're talking about are key things that have become foundational to us. as we, um, have our, our form of church that we've, mm -hmm. you know, embarked upon. And for us, that is the house church movement. That's what we're passionate about. But I would say more accurately, micro churches, just an authentic small gathering where like real life can be found and real community can be found. Um, and we can celebrate the highs and the lows and find Jesus in the midst of it. But that's not to sit here and pretend like this is some better model. We say this all the time that like you can replicate every problem in the home that you can replicate mm -hmm. in a church setting. Almost. That's that's me trying to be really humble when I say that. That's not entirely. I'm not going to say that's a completely like true statement. There's a lot of things that you're safeguarded from by doing that. Yeah. Simultaneously, you might be exposed to a couple other things. Um, yeah. As a result. Absolutely. And so they're they're different, you know, I, I different think, things. But um, but we're, we're talking about this from a form of like there's a real beauty in communion that's been found. Like when I worship in the house church, for example, and I worship in a Sunday morning service, I don't know that there's a tangible, like huge difference, mm. you know, for example, mm -hmm. like when I pray in a Sunday morning service or I pray in the house church, I don't know if there's a huge tangible difference. I feel a huge tangible difference in mm. like teaching because we have a huge rotation of that. I feel a huge tangible in difference. In a discussion format. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In community. Yeah. The fact it's dialogue and not a monologue. Yeah. Um, I feel a huge uh, difference in a lot of things like generosity that are very much felt amongst each other because we're, we are distributing amongst each other as we see need. Yeah. Um, and it's just so obvious. Church discipline. Yeah. I see, I see a different. big difference yeah. in that. And, but there are some things where I don't, but communion is definitely one of those things where it is without question, like community and communion, you know, in a sense for us, they go hand in hand, you know? And I think that that's a huge thing. 
about mm-hmm. it. Like in, in the church service in a Sunday morning, it's just kind of like it's you and it's God, but Jesus did this with his disciples, mm-hmm. you know? And I think there's, that's not to be separated, you know? And it's not to say you can't get with the Lord on your own, you know, and do this. Absolutely. You should, that should just be life of walking with Christ, you know, mm-hmm. but to do this in community with believers where you're vulnerable, mm-hmm. you're transparent, mm-hmm. but also you are celebratory of the transformation that God is doing in your life. Yeah. It's yeah. just sweet and it builds depth of relationship that like you you can't compare, you know? And so, yeah, like I said, I mean, that's, that's kind of like all I have to really offer to this, um, that that's how we practice it. Um, it is over, always over a meal and it's, it is an invitation to transparency, vulnerability, but the celebration of victories as well in our lives. Yeah. An active seeking for God in not just our own life, but an active seeking for God in other people's lives as well. I think there's, there's, that's probably what makes the like communion so beautiful and so vulnerable is like where God is in your life is going to be pretty quickly exposed and it gives the opportunity to see where God is in, in other people's lives. And, and just honestly, it, it, um, I don't know. I think some of my favorite, uh, little like treasures to store up in heaven that have come from times of communion are actually being able to almost collect like testimonies Mm. during that time, because we're all it's, that's what it is. You know, um, we're just, that's so much what it is. If you're remembering God in your life, like that's, that's testimony. Um, but being able to collect these different testimonies and then getting to see God, like getting to see the Holy spirit move kind of corporately doing a corporate work because we're so individually focused, right? Like I'm usually thinking about God in my own life. Maybe I'm thinking about God in your life. (laughs) I try (laughs) and like God in our kids' lives. And sometimes like in the people that we live with, but I don't expand too far beyond that. But then when we come together and I hear these, I get to hear all these testimonies all together, kind of within this very small um, time frame, which I mean, is still like yeah. an hour at least for us, but to be hearing about people, it's a small right. amount of time. I get to see, whoa, that's the fifth person that talked about the same work. Hmm. Clearly the spirit of God is like in this unified way, moving yeah. amongst his people and moving them to action in this way or preparing their hearts so that they can move to action this way. And that's kind of incredible as well. Um, and I don't know, like it takes that idea of victory and triumph, like to a whole new level. Um, so I don't know, that's really cool. Um, I was just going to add, and then I would love to hear your silly story about the Welch's grape juice. I'm Uh-oh. very curious because I have no idea what story this is. So yeah. I, I want to hear it. Um, but I, I guess I would just add, um, we are proponents of whatever kind of environment is going to facilitate these ethics yeah. of Ecclesia, right? Like That's it's, the point of this series. Like we might be house church people. And even in the fact, like when we did this podcast before, I think we were a little bit harder on that, like small church, house church, but... Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, no, what it is, is we've found life in these ethics in this environment. And we want people to find life in these ethics in whatever environment they're in. And so. And to have safeguards yeah. to things that would infringe on those ethics. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's what I want to see. 
Yeah. So uh, tell me about Welch's grape juice. Yeah, I would like to repent right here on uh, <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast and practice communion with all of you. Um, I don't know that I buy so, it. <laughs> so like 10 years ago in the midst of like oh uh, band practice, one of these times, uh, right when we were like, I think we're back on either about to go first tour we ever did. Uh, we're practicing at this church actually here in town. Um, so this is my confession to you, dear local church brethren who probably I, do not like this podcast um but <laughs> <laughs> we were doing so well <laughs> we, i know okay i'll turn off it's fine control my tongue it's fine um no i love them i love them this is actually yeah. funny if they hear this someday um yeah, yeah we we're just practicing there on a saturday night and getting ready for some things and bless them they let us use their space and uh my guitarist went down he was really thirsty he opens the freezer and he sees this welch's grape juice and he's like what the heck freezer? is this for yeah, like they freeze the okay. things and then you, they melt really quick. It's it's like almost like a slushy mix. I, I'm learning. Okay, I, go ahead. I had it my whole childhood. Anyways, um, yeah. I'll, I'll culture you after this. Great. Um, <laughs> but basically, you know, he makes this like grape juice and he goes, guys, I found grape juice. So I made I made a grape juice. And they're like, oh, mm. awesome. And so Saturday night. It was a concentrate. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now I understand what you're saying. Okay. And so, yeah. And so he, he makes it and we all drink this grape juice. And like the next day the church comes in, it's like the one time of the month <laughs> that they're planning on having communion <laughs> at this church and there's no freaking grape juice and they can't figure out what happened. And so then I'm not having communion, you know, at this church and like the next, we would ke keep practicing there and they were looking around like who, who drank the grape juice? And I didn't even realize it. Like, I was like, oh, that's a real shame someone drank the grape juice i had no idea like that this was a thing and then like you know we over the next like couple of weeks we see this like like signs on every refrigerator freezer everywhere there that says like do not drink grape juice it is for communion and then like finally like one of the bandmates like a month later or something when we we're practicing there is just like oh dude that was me i grabbed that when we had grape juice that night. and i was like oh yeah, that's that's gonna infringe on our practice space, so we better not say anything. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, that is a total lie. That that was not what that was. Um, I, I would believe it though. No, no, I actually think he did end up telling them. I can't remember how it went down because um, it was he was he'd been there his whole life, um, okay. and so it was ended up just being like a funny thing. But it was hilarious, like to yeah. realize after the fact. Oh, that was us. Yeah. So, um, but. We actually probably had a more real experience of communion that night, <laughs> drinking the grape juice, talking about everything, hands down. You know, yeah. sharing our highs and lows even at that practice. Because then, you know, yeah, so those was, early days were great. It was, it was well used, if I can say that. Yeah, yeah, not as so, the church had originally uh, intended, right, but put right. to good use. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a whole series. You guys have to check out these other ones we've been doing um these yeah. are key ethics for us and they really are as lively and like fun as this is to just chat and um share some of the stuff the theology you laid out at the beginning diana i think is so beautiful and it's well worded so i guess people just have to listen to that over and over yeah you again. can just hit repeat kind of, yeah. on that okay. you know and yeah exactly um so check out the other videos i mean and, and mm -hmm. incorporate these into your gatherings that's all i would say you know like it, it's made all the difference for us it and, has you know and if you're even if you're a lot of times we have people we're talking to are from like larger churches and they're like hey i love the stuff you talk about i don't know what we do now 
give your small group some authority. That's what I would say. Mm. You know, like trust them and mm. trust them to do communion or something like that to, to bring us some life to it. And so you got any other thoughts? Mm, nope. All right. Thanks for listening to the Naked Church Podcast. I'll catch you next time.